1: The bleachers in the rain. Old, the we the shed rain. a million tears and drank as many old self beers out at the game. Let's go coffee, Sunranto with Michael, Sunranto, and Crawley. Sunrzo and the love of a loser. Son Ranto. with Michael Sunranto and Crawley. Sonrzo and the love of a loser.
2: Son of bitch! These motherfuckers <laughs> keep screwing us. Um,
3: but um, but I don't think anybody's tearing anything down. The um, uh, oh, you well, don't, Tom? Really? Yeah, he he doesn't. But hey, he hasn't met Crawley yet, and what Crawley wants to tear down is basically everything that Tom Ricketts once built. So, uh, well, before we get into it, welcome to the Sunranto Show. I'm Danny Rocket. We got Michael Cotton. And, of
2: course, <laughs> hiding under and living in a tree. And not so high anymore. I'm drinking uh, the last October Fest of the year because, as a Cubs fan, this is the last taste of October I'm going to have for a long, <laughs> long time.
3: <laughs> oh, ate it, ate it something. Um, before I'm going to start with some good news before we get into all the, everything that's going on. This is the last show of 2020. It's brought to you by all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you very much for all your support this year. We really would not be doing the show without your support. So thank you. Um, and I want to announce the winners of the Cubs, Miss Carol contest. Can I get a drum roll, please?
2: Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Boom! Boom!
3: The winner is everybody. You all win. Listen, uh, unlike I won- unlike normal Cubs fans, everybody's yeah. winning. Yeah, that's it. It's been a shit year. We don't need to. You know, there was only eight people that entered the contest. I've got prizes for everybody. So Bill, Artie, Dan, Josh, both Johns, Chris, Corey. You guys all rocked it. And so um, I know that one of the prizes was going to be the Matt Kammerer, um at his, the uh, Ernie banks. So I need to contact him because I don't have one of those. And if you guys want that one, I'll have to get it from Matt for you. But um, I think actually there is a winner and it's got to be bill Suggs just by sheer volume alone. Bill Sugas did silver balls. Cup fans got run over by the Rickets at the winter meetings. Um, Cubs will blow. And it's a beginning to look a lot like boomers. So, like, I mean, come on. The guy, he's hes the hes the top winner. He gets pick of, like, the Ernie Banks if he wants it. But if not, I got – let me show you what I got.
2: Bill, Bill Sugar is like the James Brown of this bitch, the hardest-working man in Cubs business.
3: He is. Like, check this out. I got this, Wilson Contreras. This is going out, So you can have your pick. Though. I got, like, three of each, I think. So I'll contact all of you guys tomorrow. You can choose. I don't know if you already have one of these cameras, but I got six of these, and then we'll get two more from Matt. Everybody, thanks for participating. Everybody wins, unlike Cub fans who, who really lost this week. And I think we should preface it. We got a uh, – right after the uh, big, big trade went down, we got a call <coughs> into the Sunranto Ranters hotline, which you could call any time. At eight seven two two one six five three seven five, and uh, so here's what we got. Check it out. We got up there.
1: <laughs>
3: that, of course, my friends, is taps. Which uh, was played, uh, s- sadly, for our beloved Chicago Cubs, who gave up this week. They gave up. They decided they did not want to win baseball games anymore. Uh, you know, I don't know what to say. Uh, I know Carl's got a few things to say. He's been quite active the last few days.
4: I don't think I've slept in like 48 hours, and I'm still fucking pissed. Like, I can't. I'm I'm stunned. I'm pissed. I mean, there's so many words, you know. It started all of a sudden. It was it was it Monday, Monday during the day, eleven twenty-eight. You know, you remember that the Padres got Blake Snell, and this guy right here, RG Anderson, tweets, Hey, I mean I hear that they're still interested in Darvish. Okay, that, yeah. That
3: surprised everybody because yeah, they that, like, uh, Oh, they got Snell. Okay, then they're done and Darvish is staying put.
4: Right. And then all of a sudden, the local guys start getting into it. The athletic, once the athletic gets into it, then you know it's got some real traction. You know what I mean? Yeah. It got and some so when land. they start talking about it, I'm going, shit. And then all of a sudden, now they're saying catchers. Now you got John Heyman nationally. So this thing is, you know, just burning up. And then finally, you get the trade that's confirmed where you're trading you, Darvish, and Vic Caratini for Zach Davies and four prospects. None of them have played above rookie ball, only one guy's played rookie ball. Yeah. The the other the other have have not. And that's what you got. The others
2: <laughs> are damn near my oldest son's age.
4: I know, they, <laughs> I, that's what I was thinking. I'm, my uh my
3: niece is a uh, a freshman in high school. I'm like, she could have like without covid like she might have been in like, you know, the same lunchroom as them. <laughs> I no. like, I'm just like this is ridiculous. If you or have uh, know anybody in high school, they could be friends. With the guys that the Cubs just got, who are five years away from, so
4: not, o- not only do we hear this, we then hear that night the Cubs are also eating some of Darvish's salary <laughs> in the trade. So, three million dollars the Cubs had to pay to give them you Darvish, a switch hitting catcher that would have been probably a starting catcher in a third of the teams, and for for we had to give him three million. Um, did Jed have to give up his lunch money to AJ Preller too?
2: That Wait, what that the- three million that was that was the Padres going. Uh, no 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 no. That three million is for him getting the second in the Cy Young. Remember that's the escalator. He gets an extra million every year on his contract. And the Padres are like, "Fuck you! That's your escalator, not ours."
3: Yeah, he won. He won that. He almost won that Cy Young with you guys, not us. <laughs> We're not paying that
2: escalator. <laughs> no, we uh, gave that- you.
4: We gave you four seventeen-year-olds. That's enough.
2: Yeah, the balls on those on that Padre front office, like they must have very wide uh, doorways in that building. Well, Uh, the Padres have a
3: great farm system right now, and well, not anymore.
2: They've got they've got Snell and Darvish. They don't have a farm system. They still have a farm system. I mean, they were able to do. Oh, yeah, actually, right, because they, none of their top prospects got snatched, right? Their, their number four
4: prospect went to Tampa Bay. So they've kept nine out of their top ten prospects. And again, not only that, but a lot of the guys that are really solid players are already up. Tatis Jr. Yeah. is not a prospect. You know, This is like when the Cubs farm system went to shit. It was because all the guys, Bryant and Contreras and Bias they were all up. But now we're in a situation, you know, the Padres have a really great team. You know, they had a really great team last year and they still have all these guys in the fucking farm system. And you couldn't give us one in the top 10, not one in the top 10.
2: Bike spoke here, says one of the players was in the Bad News Bears sequel, European Tour, a Netflix t- film. Oh, awesome. See, this <laughs> is one of my- it's some
4: this- talent. Which I put- one? I put this one up as one of my TFCs, but I'm going early. Also heard the Cubs will be watching the Padres have sex with their spouses of all cub <laughs> employees and players while they're tied up and taunted about their lack of sexual prowess as part of the trade.
3: Hey, it's only fair. I mean that you know it's, it was either that or you'd have to eat even more money at the contract, so at least it's, <sighs> it's something they can they can just have to suffer through. Yeah, I mean, here's, here's what I'm wondering. that trade was it was a bad trade. You know, nobody's excited about Eddie. I'm a little bit excited about Zach Davies. He's good. He's a good pitcher. He's not you, Darvish, but he's a good pitcher. But um, no, we're uh, gonna have
2: him for for one year. For one year. You know, it's
3: a re- it's a rental. You know, he'll he'll be our, he'll be our number two. the piece athlete. we were missing. But what here's about, what I'm wondering. It reminds me of another trade that was a certain uh you know, you know Theo Epstein's first trade, his first trade. <laughs> was the Lemayhu trade. So it makes me wonder, is there something that you have to do, like a hazing ritual <laughs> that you have to, you know, your first trade, okay, you got the job, okay, you got to do a gimme trade to somebody, and well, then we'll trust you from then on in. And that's what I'm wondering. Is this like kind of a crack dealer situation? Hey, Your first taste is free. We'll give you Darvish for nothing. We will be back for your number eight prospect when Chris Bryant when you need a bat.
4: Right. But the question here, this is what also pissed me off is then we get further into the night. We find out they got to pay the 3 million escalator. You Darvish chimes in. Information that seems to have confirmed my trade came out from a leading source, but my cell phone does not ring. What kind of system is it? That's Google Translate. You didn't fucking call the guy. You didn't tell him. You didn't say, hey, dude, maybe this is happening while this is even blowing up on Twitter. You can't make a fucking phone call and say, hey, you you know, we're always exploring trades. Don't worry, we'll let you know. You couldn't do anything. This I is mean, the first was, time you're yeah, on Twitter.
3: To be fair, it was the middle of the night in Japan. Like you don't want to wake the guy up. He's got a he's got kids, you know. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and then and then we have a special guest who probably didn't like to hear this, but then we hear
2: that Contreras was being, you know, bandied about. Right. Because it wasn't enough to just take Darvish. They needed the entire battery that yeah. shows up every fifth day.
4: But my favorite part right here was the Cubs when they did their release, their their media release. This is how they released it. Take a look carefully. In big letters, <laughs> Cubs acquire right-handed pitcher Zach and four prospects from the Padres. And then in much smaller print, send right-hander Yu Darvish and Victor Caratini to San Diego. I mean, <laughs> who do they think they're fooling? That's so stupid. Oh, God.
3: Just, I mean, yeah, it, it was a crap trade, and – on to talk about it. I, I figure, you know, you're Crawley. You're going to need it to come up for air sometimes during, during this, right? You're going oh, hard already.
2: Rick, but, didn't want to pay for the long distance phone charges. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> you know, he's got, he's got MCI. That's like 30 cents a minute. You know, he's got it. He's got to wait for the, he's got to wait for the weekend when it's free. Yeah. He's got to wait for his nights and weekends <laughs> to kick in and then he could go. Um, So, uh, Anyway, we'll we'll talk all about what we got in return for our ace pitcher that we're all going to miss very much. But I thought it'd be a great idea if we brought on Sarah Sanchez from Bleed Cubby Blue and Cup of Cubby Blue to talk about this trade because she wrote about it. And um, so, Sarah, welcome to the Sun Ranto Show. Um, Hopefully you're not you're not dialing in long distance. (laughs)
5: I probably am, but I, I'm one of those people that has come into the 20 whatever century we're in now, and I you know
2: it's free. So oh yeah, I thought it was the 21st century, but by next year it's gonna be like I don't know, middle ages. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah,
3: you wrote about this this article, and uh, you called you said the you Darvish and Victor Caratini trade isn't a rebuild, it is a fire sale. So I guess your overall take on it was that, you know, this is a signal that the Cubs are tearing this bitch down. And um, I don't know, but do you see it? Please expound on that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, go for it. Let's hear it.
5: Yeah. So a couple of things off the top. I mean, I want to be really clear. I I don't know much about these prospects that they got back. And frankly, Mm -hmm. neither does anyone else. They could turn out to be outstanding. The fact is that we don't have enough data to really measure that and there's no amount of scouting at any level particularly for the cubs who like haven't been great at scouting in recent years that anybody can tell me is going to predict that some 17-year-old kid is going to be outstanding or is the next like, Ferna- like fernando tetis junior. So let's be really clear. This isn't about whether these prospects are good or bad. They're simply unknowns. But it is inexcusable to take arguably your best trade chip In you, Darvish, who is one of, if not the best pitcher in the National League, and not get a top 100 prospect in return. That's out of control. And you only do that if what you care about is money rather than talent. And the reason that you can tell the Cubs care more about money than talent in this deal is twofold. One, they traded you, Darvish, and, and Victor Caratini, who is, people talk about him like he's a throw in in this deal, and he absolutely is not. Victor Caratini. Would be a starting catcher on half the teams in the league. He is an above average hitting, switch hitting catcher who's average at framing. He's better than most backstop that anybody in this league has to offer. And he was put into the deal. So it's not just you, Darvish, it's you Darvish plus Victor Caratini for one year of Zach Davies, who is what, like somewhere between Kyle Hendricks and Alec Mills. I don't know. Like yay for <laughs> speed-wise, <laughs> yeah,
3: He can hit well, 90 sometimes if he's really pushing.
5: We know you, how
2: you just laid out we all one, do
5: the same thing.
2: Yeah, you just laid out the one, two, three uh, pitching punch that we have right at the top of that order,
5: which is terrifying. Yeah. And I'll get back to that. <laughs> so you just traded that. You didn't get a top 100 prospect in return. But more than that, you didn't get a guy back who is going to be ready to play in the show before 2024, 2023, if you are super duper lucky. And so what that tells me is that this isn't just the Cubs trying to, like, retool their restock their farm system, take some money off the books. We all knew that they were going to try to do that, but they're doing it in a way that signals they aren't looking to compete in 2021. They're not right. looking to compete in 2022. They probably don't think there's going to be a season in 2022. They're not really looking to do anything except get as much money off the books as possible. And before 2023, when they'll start to think about winning baseball games again. And frankly, that is not a position that a team from the city of Chicago, the third largest media market in the country should ever be in, it's trash.
4: And Sarah, I know that Michael and I were talking a little bit about before the show and, and other people on Twitter as well. It's like, people are like, what? You don't wanna trade you Darvish? I don't mind trading you Darvish. You get a good haul, I don't care. I, I can understand restocking the system and I can understand trying to you know, loosen up some salary to spend it more later. I just don't think that's what's fucking happening. And that's what I'm looking at right now and saying to myself, we got a shit return. And I think you put in your article, you know, magic beans. And I heard Dan Bernstein use that term. And I've seen other people say lotto tickets. That's what you did. You didn't get any surefire thing. You didn't get any real bet. That's, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, like a, a blue chip prospect that you're getting that, that, you know, I had people tell me, oh, these guys could be up in two years. I'm like, in two years? The They're not even in rookie ball.
5: How the hell are they coming up in two years for Christ's sake? <laughs> Not not only not even in rookie ball, three of the four prospects that the Cubs got back. And again, these guys, look, they're better than a lot of the prospects in the Cubs systems. I asked about it earlier today. Um, but three of the four prospects the Cubs got back do not have a single at-bat in affiliated baseball. The only data we have on them is what people have, see, have seen in instructional. League. That's it. They're 17 years old, 18 in like five days, 18 One of them half.
2: was uh. One of them was shoveling my walk this morning <laughs> for a little extra you know allowance money.
3: Well, can we can we talk about it because I, I grabbed some screenshots from your article. So I mean, I we'll go through a real. This is uh, Reginald Preciado, uh, which means valued pre- Preciado in uh, so he's he's a valued prospect. cute kid. he's He's twelve, but he's you know, he's a cute kid. but this here's what they say about Preciado. And uh, where did you, you got this from Eric Longenhagen?
5: Yeah, this is all from Fangraphs. I mean, I'm going to be real clear. There's not a lot of data out here. I reached out to some friends of mine who host a Pro, Padres Prospects podcast. Try saying that three times fast. <laughs> that called, was nice. Called Friars on the Farm. And they were kind enough to point me in the direction of what they thought was the best uh, concise write-up here. And it was from Fangraphs. So this is, this is from Fangraphs, to be clear. I only added the ages and changed the formatting a bit to make it fit in my article.
3: Right, so this kid's seventeen. Um, so he basically goes to high school with my niece, <laughs> and uh, and this guy, I think he's probably the people that the, the guy that people are highest on. He's playing shortstop, but uh, he maybe is projecting more as a third baseman. Uh, he's six four. That's a tall kid. Uh, he's got uh, infield hands and feet and actions. Uh, he's got a huge. He's got a. Uh, a big frame that they're hoping will turn into huge power and make him a superstar. Um, so, I mean, people are, people are up on this guy and he, he switch hits as well. Uh, he's, uh, ve- he's not very balanced from the right side, but you know, they're trying to work on that. So that's kind of maybe a haul. And another guy we got is uh, how do you say his name? Yeason? Yison? I don't know yet.
5: I have not had the pleasure of hearing any of these names that I wasn't able to find a pronunciation guide. But I've just been referring to him as Santana.
3: Yeah, so Santana, um, he's the oldest <laughs> of the he's the he's long in the tooth of the butt. He's twenty, and so, he's smooth. And uh, this guy, is a shortstop, <laughs> and he's above average defender um but you know what i found out though it that he had 33 errors in 70 games so i don't know like where they get this
5: defense it, first defense first
3: yeah so uh but he had it he raked in the uh, the Arizona rookie league 923 ops he had five triples which that's exciting so he's got some speed but he did uh, a lot of errors um he uh good feel for contact he rarely swings uh, through pitches in the zone uh It looks like he's starting to fill out, but he's young, you know, Uh, but he's like a contact hitter. Um, And and then here here he is in action.
5: And, you know, the Cubs need that, and that's great. And if that's what he really is, that's outstanding. He's a 20-year-old who's never played above rookie ball, so nobody knows what happens
6: when he gets to
5: A or how he's going to progress. I mean, I had a couple of people in the replies to my article say things like, well, Juan Soto came up at 19, and that is true. But the odds that the Cubs uncovered a Juan Soto here are pretty vanishingly small. So don't be looking to see these kids in AAA, let alone at Wrigley Field before 2024. People do that all the time. They take the one
4: outlier and
5: think that they don't
4: mention the 5,000 other 19-year-olds that flamed out. Like they just mentioned the one guy that made it to the show. And and you know I got to take a second here because Vinny, this is exactly what I've been talking about. Vinny, uh, welcome to the show, real quick. But you know, getting rid of a thirty-five-year-old pitcher with the history of injuries is fine. First of all, the guy finished second in Cy Young. He's just not some pitcher. He was arguably the best pitcher in the National League last year. And again, like we all talked about, nobody is mad. That they traded him. They are mad at what it was, which was pure and simple, a salary dump. That's what gets me mad, is that we are acting like the goddamn Rays? We're the Chicago Cubs, like Sarah said, third largest market. And the best you can do is guys outside of a top 10 for a Cy Young contender and a switch hitting catcher bullshit, I say.
2: Yep. And, and building on what you're both talking about here, um, you know, like Sarah, you're saying these prospects, hell, they could be good someday. And, you know, and Crawley, you're saying, yeah, we're, we're, it's, it's a money dump right now. So whether or not these guys are good, doesn't matter for the next three years, because for the next three years, we will not see them in Chicago. I mean, and Darvish will be pitching for San
3: Diego, you know, for the next three years. And he could have been pitching for us. I mean, you're not thread, you know, Jed keeps talking. I'm going to thread the needle. I'm like, no, you're gonna you're gonna take that needle and jab it in every single Cub fan's heart and twist it around until their aorta bursts is what you're doing. I, mean, with I that needle.
5: I have a lot okay. of thoughts about Fred and his press conference today and his lack of contacting you, Darvish. We don't know if he contacted Victor Caratini or not, but I'm gonna guess if you, Darvish, didn't get a phone call, Caratini Did didn't they- get a phone call either.
2: Did one Um, of the reporters ask him directly about that? I missed the end of it. So I don't know if maybe it happened when I wasn't watching, but.
5: I didn't hear an answer to that question. Um, I I admit I was doing some other things for my day job (laughs) while I was sort of like half tuned in.
2: (laughs) We all were. They were, they were hiding that shit in the middle of the day on Marquee.
4: What was the question, Michael? I'm sorry. I was getting frustrated at comments.
2: Oh, just whether or not. uh, Yeah. You might want to turn those off. (laughs) <laughs> Carly. <laughs> never never read the comments. Never, never read, read the comments. The
4: comments. I, I love our viewers. They're all welcome, but some of them are wrong. But
2: yeah. Go ahead Uh go yeah. <laughs> no, I was I was saying, uh, did anybody actually ask the question about whether or not they or why they didn't reach out to him before this broke on Twitter? That was the question I wanted to hear, but then you know Sarah was doing other things I had you know I got a call I had to move away from the TV so I, I didn't know I, if it happened
4: I watched the whole thing and and I also watched it a second time and cut up some clips that we have for later um no nobody mentioned it which was what everybody was really frustrated about it was one of those things I think That sometimes you got to be careful. You you know, those guys access everything and they don't want to make them, especially Jed, look stupid because the Cubs look stupid on that, not calling. And and it was never asked, it was never brought up. Especially, it's not
3: that Jed's been around, it's not the beginning of their relationship with these press guys but it's the new relationship that they're establishing at this point. So uh, I do have really great news though, about one of these prospects. And this is something something that maybe people are overlooking. Uh, Ismael Mena. I think he's what? 17 <laughs> as well. Um, he's all right. He's wearing his little league Jersey he, he, in this picture.
5: I, I believe he's 18 in like four days.
3: Okay. Well, his nickname, you see it right there. La Segueta. Do you know what that means?
2: The Segway.
3: No, he's no, the sequel, the sequel. Now let me tell you what he's the sequel to. Here's a write-up on Mena. Okay. He's an outfielder. Uh, he had a little bit of trouble with some pitchers that uh, had deceptive deliveries, but he's a plus runner and he's, it's a great chance to stay in center field. Uh, so he's got promising bat to ball qualities. Uh, he's got plate coverage. He spoils pitches on the corner away, Gets the ball the, uh, the other way if it catches too much plate. He was billed as a leadoff type hitter by his proponents of the amateur side. So he's the sequel of Alfonso Soriano.
4: Great. I, I, now <laughs> I need I need, a sequel to, I need a sequel to my Club 400 beer. Fuck this.
3: <laughs> yeah, I actually do. I, I'm going to have and to go I'll, grab I'll one you here a, too. I'll, a lot of I, drinking going on. He could also be the sequel of Sammy Sosa. But Sammy was it a center fielder.
5: I don't think that Speed Plus Leadoff Guy is the sequel to Sammy Sosa. Uh, that's just no. not, that's not really fine with me.
3: But Soriano in his heyday before we got him. Yeah.
2: Anybody who gives us, uh, you know, what, 40 homers and 30 stolen bases in the same season, I, I don't care what team he's on. I'm going to be a fan of that guy.
3: <laughs> and I, I hope have, a- I have a warning for everybody. If you're looking up these guys' Twitter, do not. Click on Ismael Mena six. You have, you have been warned. You have been
2: warned. Have they been warned or have they been dared? Danny? <laughs>
3: I think I dared him.
4: I think, I. but you're not going to like it. I'm telling you, you're, uh, feeling, you're not going to like it. You know, um, K Fids. Uh, and if you follow him on Twitter, great guy. Uh He has uh, the pinwheels and pod. Uh, someone help me out. Ah, uh, fucking piss. Pinwheel with Ivy. Ivy podcast. But he said nobody knew Schwarber was good until the news told them either. I had funny story. I actually had a – there was a signing here in Chicago, private signing. A bunch of us packed up a card, sent it over to Ohio, and Schwarber found out, and they made him turn around and bring all the memorabilia back. He signed it about a week later. But, yeah, that's that was what happened to Schwarber. So absolutely – Can I, can I give it, I'm going to
3: give us our last prospect and then I'll shut up about the prospects. No, but this is my favorite guy. This is the great ginger hope. Wait, the the second wasn't your favorite. No, no. It's this guy. Owen Casey. Look at Um, those guns. Yeah. Look at those guts. And look, he's, he's so freckled. He's even got arm freckles. This guy, he's, he's the ginger through and through. When you look at this picture, this is his Twitter. Look at, look how redheaded he is in a lineup. Look at that. You could pick, pick out exactly which one he is <laughs> <laughs> six from the right. And, um, this guy, he's like a, not since Matt Merton, have we had a, a ginger come through the cub system and give me hope for, I'm, I'm blue hair right now, but you know, in general, I'm kind of a ginger. So I'm, I'm always a big fan of uh, when you got, and this guy's a lefty ginger and he, uh, Owen Casey, he's 18. So, um, he can go to war. And he is, he's Canadian. He's Canadian. So I guess he's a Mountie. Mountie. He could go fight in, I don't know. Canada doesn't fight wars. They're peace loving people. But, um, apparently this is a a thing the Padres do. They, you know, they play in San Diego. Uh, they always like to go get themselves like a big, like rural kid you know who's plays <laughs> in cold weather and is not scared to play high school baseball in march so that's what this guy is he's got a huge frame he's a big old mounty owen case casey i guess is how you say his name and uh he hit a home run against the blue jays in one of the uh the exhibition games that they play like right at the beginning of spring training so i thought that was really cool so i'm i'm excited about it. i mean i'm happy for the kids they were in the Padres organization. would you rather be in the Cubs organization?
4: There is nothing wrong with these kids and their talent and their potential. Nothing. I'm going to put that out there right here. That's not worse than
3: you, Darvish. That's,
4: and what bothers me here, and again, I'm getting it from the comments, which I understand where there's a lot of people trying to rationalize it. That's fine. Here's what Buster Olney had to say about it. This is a salary dump. In a, this is what a salary dump in a pandemic looks like. The Cubs aimed to transfer debt. Fan graphs. Padres give up prospects for you, Darvish, while Cubs give up.
2: To be fair, uh, I don't know that this is what it's – I don't know what the pandemic had to do with that little bit of it.
4: The money thing. amongst Is it, many is it kids-
2: because they coughed a lot while they did it? I don't know. Yes.
4: I can talk about Holly, get through your last tweet first. It is not contrarian or saber bunker thinking to point out it is insane and depressing for fans that we have obscenely wealthy teams with global appeal no longer even pretending to do everything it takes to win. So everybody that's saying this is not bad or this is okay or this and that, this is not what a major market team does. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry.
5: The Yankees or Red Sox don't make this trade. I mean, if you look at the return for a player like Mookie Betts, it was a lot more robust than what the Cubs are looking at here. Um, If you look at the return for Blake Snell, who didn't have the 2020 or back end of 2019 that you Darvish had, it was a much better return. Those were higher rated prospects who were going to get to the major leagues faster. Those are prospects who could play in 2022 if there is a season or 2023. The Cubs weren't trying to do that. The Cubs were punting on a few seasons to get themselves past the CBA and get themselves in a, and keep the salaries down while that happened. And, you know, uh, Michael, you asked why the, why, what the pandemic has to do with this. And it wouldn't for most teams. I mean, most teams took it on the chin. That's one of those things. But the Ricketts are in a unique situation here. And this is one of the things I wrote about in my article. They have bought up all of the land around Berkeley. They have renovated, they built a hotel. They, ha- they have interests in all of those, restaurants and the starbucks that closed joe Mike madden's restaurant had, has already closed there's a lot of business interests that the rickets are tied into in the wrigley field area that were all negatively impacted by the pandemic and i don't tend to believe the naysayers out there who claim that the ricketts lost a billion dollars on this or anything like that the rickets are going to be just fine they you know sold off their stock in the ameritrade I'm not worried about crying for billionaires or anything like that, but it is probably true. It is probably true that Cubs, the Cubs business department brings in more revenue from fans being in the stands, fans being in the neighborhood, fans buying beer and concessions than most teams in baseball. I think the only other team that could claim to have a similar type of financial stake in people coming to the neighborhood are the Red Sox. And so it is, It is true that the pandemic impacted the Cubs more than other teams. It is also true that the Cubs should behave like a major market team and they should not be punting on multiple seasons and getting not a return for what they had an ace. They had a Cy Young contender. They have arguably the best pitcher in the league. And you're telling me the best they could get for that in terms of a player who can put on a uniform in the next four years is Zach Davies? Yeah, no. we're this okay. is, this then, is, again, what
4: I see I, the ginger. <laughs> we, got, we and Vinny's saying here, so Tampa gives up every year. Tampa is a, they are barely, they're not even going to have a team in five years in Tampa Bay. You ever yeah, see they, that ballpark? There's that, more. There's South, like, South,
2: South Bend outdraws them.
4: Yes, they, everybody outdraws <laughs> them. It's a bullshit fucking fan base. So that's what they have to do. They don't have any other revenue. They don't have it. They're not a major market team. Don't compare the Cubs to Tampa Bay because yeah. they're not. It shouldn't be that. And you know what? If, if if fucking Tom Ricketts wants to charge me Tampa Bay ticket prices, then fine. Do your cheap ass shit. Highest yeah. ticket prices in baseball. It's a <laughs> disheartening fucking situation.
2: Yeah, Sarah – uh... No, you, you explained it well, Sarah. I just saw the. I mean, a fire sale looks like a fire sale looks like a fire sale. It just seemed like somehow a fire sale in a pandemic looked different. And I was like, huh, I don't know. I don't even understand. But I, I get. So I see what you're saying. So I think maybe he just wrote it in a way that I took oddly. <laughs> right. Well, so, Buster, can, can
5: I, can are I you ask Are you talking about Buster only?
2: Yeah, I'm talking about the Buster Olney quote that I was asking about because a fire sale just looks like a fire sale to me no matter what happens. But you explained it well, like what he was trying to say with that tweet. That tweet just didn't.
3: I don't think they would have had to do it without the pandemic. You could have just kept rolling and the plan would be in place and Marquis would, you know, got you know got his growing pains out of its system over the course of the year. And they would have had, you know, in-studio You know, in-studio guests and all sorts of stuff. Everything went wrong. It was a perfect storm because they were all ready to go with all this stuff. And this is the other question I have for you. Uh, And uh, Sarah, I want you to answer it first because you wrote the article about it. And we're talking about the finances. But Ricketts is in – that's not money. That's not cash he's spending. That's debt. That's all really low-interest debt that needs to be serviced. So you, you know, you have to service that debt and pay off your creditors. We saw the other day, we were making fun of it on the show that there's beginning a SPAC they're starting, which is a, uh, an investment vehicle by which you try to raise money for the businesses you own in this SPAC. So is, is he just, I mean, I know they're not broke, but are they kind of, uh, Asset rich and cash poor in the, I mean, do you, do, you, do you really need this hundred million that could be on the payroll to like pay some banks off?
5: So <laughs> I, I want to put this slightly differently because I think that it's really hard to evaluate what the Ricketts financial situation is when we don't have access to the books and everybody is just speculating here. The Ricketts story about this is that they have lost a lot of money this season. I, believe that is probably true. I think that there is a difference, though, between uh, revenue that wasn't actualized, like you thought you were going to make $500 million and you only made $100 million that's, versus- That's the Ian Happ comment. Right. right? And right? Ian, Ian Happ is Hab right about that. There's a, there's a huge difference between revenue, not actualized and actual losses. And, and that needs to be kept into consideration here. But the second part of this is all of the ventures in and around Fricley Field that are not part of the Cubs business and baseball operations budget. They are separate for legal reasons. The collective bargaining agreement requires that debts, that those types of agreements not come from the team. And there's a whole bunch of complicated reasons for that. Um, I think it is possible that the Ricketts ha- are less liquid than they were when they purchased the team, by which I mean that they don't have you know, $600 million to put together at this moment in time. And don't quote me on that figure. It was off the top of my head. It's not based on anything. Um, But that, again, critically, we're talking about billionaires complaining about not having money here. And, And frankly, given the situation that most people in the country find themselves in, I just can't shed any tears over somebody making $200 million instead of $500 million and then claiming that they're too poor to run a winning Major League Baseball team. If you don't have the resources to run the Cubs like a major market team, like the Yankees, the Red Sox, or the Dodgers, get out. I was telling Danny
4: this story the other day. A little quick story time with Crawley. I went one time, my buddy got his front row seats at Brewer Stadium. I'm like, these the greatest fucking seats, man. This is great. Cubs kick the brewers' ass. We're, we're partying. We're having a good time. My buddy's like, all right, we're going out. We're like, where do you go around fucking Milwaukee to go out? He takes us to Pottawatomie, Bingo, right? We go to Pottawatomie, and we go into, like, the secret elevator entrance I'd never been to. I'm like, where are we going? He's like, we're going to the high rollers room. Shit, all right. Booze is comped. stogies comped. We're smoking and drinking, and, and all of a sudden, I'm like, all right, time to gamble. A little blackjack. I go to the ATM, I pull out $500. I'm not a gambler, mind you. I pull out $500. I'm ready to fucking go hardcore. I give my money to the dealer, and I get like eight chips back. They're playing $100 hands. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, I'll take my money back. You
3: were already up uh, 300 bucks though, just from the mistake. Particular. of you the just, dealer. You, just, you give him 500 he gives you 80, $800. You should have just walked away, so man.
4: I sat there, though, and, and what Sarah's point is, is that, look, if you want to play at the table with the big boys, you got to fucking sit there and be willing to take losses sometimes. And you're going to sit there, and that's what Steinbrenner was. Steinbrenner was an owner that didn't give a shit. Now, again, you combine that with somebody that's intelligent, which is what the Yankees were in the late 90s when they built farm and then supplemented what they needed, that's what the Cubs should be doing. Okay, don't just throw money stupidly. But to sit there and and act like you're the Royals or the Rays again – that's what, if you want to be the owner, you want to sit at the big stakes
5: table, then you got to push in the chips. You got to have the chips to play. Well, and let me be really clear the Rays got better prospects for Jess Blake Snell than the Cubs got for both you, Darvish, and Damn. Victor Caratini. I mean, the most depressing realization I had while I was writing that piece, and I really wish I didn't have to share this with your fans because it depressed the hell out of me, and I hate to depress people on this lovely evening. But the most depressing realization I had was, this reminds me of when Derek Jeter's group bought the Marlins. And then I thought about how the Marlins got better prospects when they sold off Giancarlo Stanton and Christian Yelich and JT Real Muto. And that just depressed the hell out of me. They actually got something closer to major league ready and closer to proven than the Cubs got selling off you Darvish. Well, and if well, this is what we're in store for as the Cubs also try to shop Chris Bryant or Wilson Contreras or Javier Baez, it is going to be a rough five years, folks. And this is not, this is not what you thought you were getting after I mean, the rebuild. Look, look what Zach
3: Davies was even traded for before. Like these are Zach Davis Davies previous transactions. He uh, traded by the Orioles to the Brewers for Gerardo Parra. He was traded by the Brewers with Trent Grisham to the Padres for Eric Lauer and Luis Urias or Urias. So like, those are at least like major league baseball players of people you've heard of. I mean, you know, nobody's like the greatest player in the world, but like, you know, you've heard of these guys. They, they're major league baseball players. We got it. Some lottery tickets. So even Zach Davies has been worth more.
4: What did happen to sustain success? Sarah, I got a video that I want to show you here. And then maybe everybody that's kind of commenting can put in their comments on this. This was Dan Bernstein on the Dan Bernstein show. And I, I was yelling at my radio going, yes, yes, Dan, tell him." So I'm going to play this little clip. Tell me what you think about what Dan has to say. And and this kind of, I wasn't on the show last week. I had family over for Christmas. Uh, So, um, you know, I didn't hear all the SPAC talk, but I know of it. So let's just hear Bernstein. What, What do you make
2: of what the Cubs are doing?
7: they're They're running a major market team like the Pittsburgh Pirates because they want to it's it, that it's it's pure labor cost savings and as as they're reaping all of these massive tax breaks, they're opening a sports book and creating their own private equity sports investment firm. they wanted to save sixty million dollars and they did and they because they can, they did that's it's. It's a salary dump, and yep. I, you know Bob Nightingale even said that. And I, I asked him again. I said, "This is a salary dump and not a refilling of the minor league." I said, "Yep, it's a it's a salary dump." I mean, you could look at, you could make something out of those prospects if you yeah. like, because there's always so much. Well, no, I mean, I'm just saying, like they're not even really find prospects good, yet. They're they're no, they're, know, no, you're they're right. traits. You're right. They're just right. a raw collection of of pos- it, it, It's a bag of magic beans, is what a- it mean. is. This Absolutely. Is, this is the
2: first of.
0: Figure Lending, LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to
5: www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.
2: What should be many moves that are similar to this? So then...
5: Yeah. I mean, that I like magic magic beans beans. is about right. I, I don't, yeah, but, you know what? I like magic beans at fairy tales. I don't like magic beans from the Chicago Cubs. There is not going to be... We have no idea how to judge this trade right now. And I want to be really clear about this because there's, I've seen this in my Twitter mentions. I've seen this in some comments on BCB. A lot of people saying you can't judge this trade for five years. You won't know what it's going to be like until we see what these players actually are. That is false. And you should not fall for it because you can judge this trade right now. The Cubs took a huge risk by accepting this prospect package for one of their best trade, one of their best trade trips, And a major league caliber top tier could start at most for most teams catcher. And they chose to do that because they really wanted money now. And don't be fooled by people telling you, well, we'll judge it in four years when we see if Santana or Casey is a great hitter. Yeah. You yeah. could have
3: gotten them later. You know what I mean? You could get any of these guys probably later, put some package together some other time if you really want them. Uh, but you know, it, to me, that, that that is the sad thing about is just does seem to be about money, but I, that's what I'm wondering about this debt. How bad is it? I mean, it, the proof is yeah. in the pudding. If you're doing stuff like this and pissing off the entire city of Chicago and I mean, and doing a move that has just everybody, scratching their head and judging you harshly for a terrible, I mean, Jed Hoyer supposed to be good at this, you know? So this is coming on down from on high, even though Ricketts is saying, Oh no, it's not a tear down. I let Jed do what he wants. He's the boss over there. Like, I don't believe it for one second. This has got to be like, they need money, you know, freaking, you know, Mario and Vinny are coming over with the brass knuckles to Todd's house. To try to you know break some legs, and I'm saying like if they were going to Todd's house, they'd just let him go.
4: <laughs> they throw some hot dogs at him.
3: Yeah, just throw hot dogs at him. He won't know what to do. But uh, no, I'm just saying like I think that the financial situation has got to be quite serious for this to be because uh, I think about the Wilpons and Bernie Madoff. I think about situations like that when you have leverage too far and then the perfect storm hits and then you find out who's like swimming in the ocean without swimming trucks. You know what I mean? And I-
5: Well, let, let's put this in perspective for a second. If the Cubs are in a situation like the Mets were in with the Wilpons, we are in for an absolutely atrocious five years. I have a lot of friends who are Mets fans. Metsing is a verb that I use frequently when talking to them. They have had a disastrous experience since 2015. And I hope that we are not in that situation because if we are as fans, it is going to be absolutely brutal for the foreseeable future. But let's put that aside because I don't actually think we're there. I think that something slightly different is happening. Danny, you're right that it's possible that this is like Vinny's coming over to collect the debt territory, but it is also equally possible that the Ricketts are framing their financial situation in the most apocalyptic terms possible, when it just so happens to be the end of the window and the CBA negotiations are coming up the pipe and they have a vested interest. Every single one of these teams has a vested interest in crying poor and making the most out of the crisis that was the pandemic. I mean, what was it Rahm Emanuel said? Never let a good crisis go to waste. Well, you can let not let a good crisis go to waste if you convince everybody that you're so poor and you can't spend and we need a salary cap and we need all these concessions from player or there will be no baseball. And so I see this as a long game. I see this as the Ricketts telling us how poor they are because they want a better deal for the owners in 2022 and they are 100% prepared to sacrifice a few seasons of Cubs baseball to get that better deal. And the St. St. Louis owner echoed that. The St.
4: Louis owner echoed the same thing.
2: Yeah, and and what Sarah just said is the way that we should be looking at the things that the owners tell us. Do not accept what the owners are saying at face value because why in the hell would they tell us anything, even remotely, like the truth, if they thought it could help them? They're going to lie to us as much as possible to get all of our dollars and... Yeah, I mean they made money. They made billions of dollars. They didn't do that uh, like by fucking around. They know what they're doing to get the money and they're doing and, it.
3: And it's stupid. You don't want to uh, you know, you don't want to sell from a place of weakness. So if they're selling off uh, Contreras, uh, you know, it's been rumored although that got shot down today by Hoyer kind of, I guess. Uh I still don't believe anything anybody's telling me and uh, you know just
4: uh, just, to, just to kind of back that up though, Sahadev did tweet out that yes, there have been ongoing talks about, uh, Wilson for the last couple of weeks.
3: Yeah. So Brian, you know, but they're shopping all these guys, everybody's on the block because you know, what they said is, you know, they, none of them wanted to sign their extension. So now they're all on the block and it's the end of it all. And so yeah,
2: they're they're trying, they're making sure we know
3: that too. Right. Exactly. It's so stupid. They're selling from a place of weakness. Not only are they like, Hey, we don't have any money. We just, we, we just need some money in right now. Just like, we'll take whatever. (laughs) If your guy's basically free and all we got to do is room and board, like, that's fine. We'll take him. Here's our best player. Um, that's what we're doing. Uh, you know, so I'm you know, I'm wondering, is this also, like, just real incompetence on the part of Ricketts to be crying poor and trying to actually – because you're not going to get a good deal if you're crying poor while trying to get a good deal. You're going to get a shit deal because you need the money. So they're going to be like, hey, we'll we'll just give you these – lottery tickets and don't worry about it. And then you got Hoy- Hoyer doing the same thing being like, yep, they didn't take the deals, So they're all shipped off for nothing.
2: You know, yeah. they, it's, they're not, they, doing- yeah, they're, they're trying to paint the picture right now. They're trying to paint the picture that these guys didn't take deals that were good for them. We've talked about <laughs> this on this show. the show. <laughs> deals were good for them, but they thought they could get more. They made a mistake, whatever. But that's what, Baseball players do. I mean, they, you know, that's on their agents and their players. I get it. But to try and it it seems funny that they're painting them in that light right now, knowing that the CBA is coming up, knowing that they're going to be trying to, uh, you know, paint the, the players as greedy, you know, really badly here in, you know, a few more months but, but,
4: but people buy that shit. People eat it up all the time. Again, we, we and, and I'm sure Sarah can say the same thing on what she's seen about her article, things I've read on Twitter, things I've read tonight, is that people are buying that. This, this is a brilliant move, and this is a great trade, and
5: everything's great, and everything's awesome. Well, here's the thing. The owners have spent the last few seasons. It has not just been one off-season. There's been two or three off-seasons trying to drive down the free agent market as much as possible. And I'm going to be careful here Because there's no proof that they were colluding in the sense that like they all got together in a smoky room and agreed that they were going to drive down free agent prices. But it does look like whatever sort of analytics and consultant ease is predominant in every single front office right now wants the same exact thing, which is shorter contracts for less money for aging stars. And the CBA is not set up to deal with that. The CBA is set up to get the most out of young players and then to, you're supposed to pay them in free agency, which has been just broken for the last few years now. So there's a fight coming over that. And that fight, it can and should put more money in the players' pockets. But the owners, not all of them, the San Diego Padres are an exception. And I can talk about why if you want me to um have every interest in us believing that the pandemic took all their money and they are so broke and they need us they need a kinder deal if baseball can continue into the future and oh goodness golly gee we have no quarters and nickels and that is just not true these are billionaires these are people who can afford to pay their workers at place
3: yeah and so what's different about the padres how they do things
5: the, well, it's not that the Padres do things differently. It's that the Padres are on a different timeline than everybody else. They have been waiting for this core group of players to get to the major leagues to give them their chance at a championship window. This would be like if there had been a pandemic in 2015, right as the Cubs had finally arrived, right as the it, Cubs were about to break through and the Cubs took advantage of the fact that no one else was going to trade for anything reasonable and or sell for the right prices and just swiped up a ton of talent. So the Padres yeah, going to say the same thing. The Padres cannot not win in 2021 because if the 2022 season goes away, they they start to run out of their deals with some of their players, and they don't have they they are in win now mode in a way that no other team is.
4: And Sarah, like you're, you know what you yeah that happened almost happened to the Cubs in 2016. It was the last minute that they were able to strike a deal in 2016. Imagine if there was a low labor situation in 2016 how pissed we would have been that you have just burned a year of that window. And we've now come to learn how quick that window closes, how quick it closes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and why wouldn't they go for it right now? The other thing they have going for them is, you know, like you say, Sarah, their window is opening right now. They have the players they need. They need to supplement a little bit, maybe some good pitching, you know, which I don't know. Uh, that's kind of what the Cubs did. And then on top of that, you've got easily 23 or 24 other teams just fucking tanking right now. So it's like the best time in the world to be the new market efficiency is literally just spending money, trying yeah, just, at all, try <laughs> trying it. at all.
5: Be the one, be the like four teams that actually feel like you can win. Yeah, white, the Sox, white Sox.
3: Padres World Series. Book it. At least there'll be one good team in Chicago. Right. Well, he's <laughs> gonna jump out the window. <laughs> the
2: white. You know, and the White Sox could do it. You know, until Tony Larusa fucking implodes that shit from the inside. Tony's coming later. We're having beers. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's gonna be by. Hey, Tony's, Tony's driving over right now. I was gonna say, yeah, he's he's in the he's in the car now, and he's stopping at every bar on the way there.
4: Either that or he's got the lock on the car. He can't get the ignition started.
2: (laughs) All right, Sarah. uh, I think you said that you had some place to be. I don't know where you're going (laughs) going in a fucking pandemic. But uh, we hate that you have to leave us because you're the best part of this show right now.
5: Yeah. I (laughs) to be clear i'm not leaving i just have to make a phone call and i want to make sure that i hit that call time so thank you all for having me it was a blast i'm happy to come back anytime and rant about the rickets and what's going on with this offseason because frankly it's trash and i think this is not going to be the last bad deal that Cubs fans are going to have to suffer through this hey
2: any plug your pod plug your pod yeah plug your
5: stuff yeah absolutely if you want to read more of the stuff that I write and or my angry takes on bad trades, you can follow me on Twitter at, at BCB underscore Sarah. I'm also the co-host of a podcast called cup of cubby blue with the lovely and wonderful Andy Cruz, the who is covering from surgery at the moment, but we have plans to record this week. So you'll be able to hear all of our takes on this deal, what's going on and how um, we're thinking about the off season with those episodes coming to you next week.
3: Yeah, you guys are still a podcast. We became a TV show because we're so handsome. <laughs> so that was just where you had to do. Are, are
5: you implying that we're not beautiful? You are we're, the beautiful lady on Twitter.
3: You, you know, you just you just got to get you just got to get your podcast legs under you, and then you you just like uh, then you you launch the
2: ladies I'm just, of. I'm you sad really true. walked into that, Danny. I know, I'm I'm, I it. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry.
4: Sarah. We didn't get to tell the lucky pencil story, but maybe another day when you're on.
2: Yeah,
3: Sarah,
4: I, I love when you it. come
3: on this show. You you make this show like at least thirty three percent smarter
4: and better looking.
3: And yeah, exactly. Thank you, Crawley.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks, Sarah. Bye. Thank you, Sarah. We'll see you soon. So, so Joe, Killian,
4: got- Joe Killian. Joe said this. Our friend Joe, Joe
2: Galland. Kill Gallon. You can't see anybody. Kill Gallant, man. You can't. You can't read to save your goddamn life, can you? (laughs) I don't have my readers on, Michael.
4: Um, (laughs) People don't realize we're old here. That's why we wear hats to look young and cool. Uh, He says, I'm on the train with that fans are mad, but still giving the brickets money are basically people who complain about politics but don't vote. I had that revelation today. It's me. I'm the mark. I'm the dumbass. Oh, yeah,
2: you are. Oh, 100%.
4: Uh, it's my fault. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm taking full blame for this situation. But let me tell you something here. When the Ricketts came and bought the team, I listened to what they had to say, and I and and what they were saying was all the right things, and I believed it. And they and when especially when Theo and Jed came in 2011, here's what they told me. And our friend Gordon Whitmire, who has been you know spitting fire lately, he wrote about this the other day. Here, the other day, can you get that down there real quick? Here is that. Uh, when things were shitty, when they were doing the rebuild and tanking, that was the Cubs and Theo's idea. Okay. There was an implicit promise that more tanking would not be necessary. We were told before that the reason they had to do this is because everything was shit when they came. Everything was shit when they came. So they had to do it. They had no other choice. And you know what? We all said, okay, you do what you got to do. You get us, you get us to where you're gonna get where you can have sustained success. Every season sacred. That's what I was promised. Okay? I'm a season fucking ticket holder. I showed Danny the other day the invoice from 2004. Oh, it's double. Front.
3: It's it's more than double. More than double.
4: More than yeah. double. But I sat there 2012, 2013, 2014. They could have closed the goddamn top like they used to in the 70s, the upper tier, and still not have filled that stadium
2: when those rebuilt. Oh, Danny, Danny was like he kept going on Twitter and Facebook and shit like showing us his dollar 10 fucking bleacher ticket yeah yeah i'd
3: go for a dollar and
4: so (laughs) i was promised that that that's what we would get this is going to be a one-time deal and after that sustained success no problem and then he finishes this this is gordon to do it again four years after that championship is an indictment on the organization and a betrayal of a fan base that was charged top dollars during the last tanking process and gouged to its bottom dollar since the championship Truth. That's, that's why I'm pissed here, guys, is that, you know what? Fine. I'm the dumbass that keeps spending my money. I was here before the Ricketts. My family's been fucking going to Cubs games since there's been Cubs games. I ain't going anywhere. I'll be here, and my generation's of fan family will be there long after the Ricketts are gone. I'm not going anywhere, but I'm pissed.
3: Well, you that's guys what, remember when uh, yeah, those letters that got leaked of the kids trying to get their dad to buy them the team. And they're like, Dad, it's the best investment ever. The cup fans show up, whether they the, they win or lose, it doesn't matter. They just want to spend time in the sunshine. They spend all their money. It's great. And so that's what they thought they were going to buy. They promised us the one championship. They give us the one championship. That's all they were ever interested in. Now they're PK Ricketts. But we've been saying that on this show. We haven't trusted them for one second. We haven't trusted them one time on this show because I just know not to trust people like them. And their smiley little uh, you know, uh, PowerPoint presentation does not impress me. I am a skeptic from the top of this whole thing. I never
2: believed yeah. that I,
4: I, I bought it. I'll admit yeah. it. I
2: bought it. Well, you know, but Crawley, when they when they showed up in 09, and then they started to do stuff and they started to, you know, build the the better facilities for their international players and doing stuff like that. There was a lot of good stuff. What we didn't realize was their plan included, like their plan did include winning the world series. And that's what we all wanted. And that's what we all bought into. We just didn't realize that right after the world series, their plan was to milk that shit for the next hundred years and fucking just like not even worry about it. And just, they, they were, they were the PK Ricketts, you know, like get them to the world series and then let's make the place. Nice. Nice. For, uh, people with money to come and look at it.
3: Yeah. Well, they got all those luxury clubs and stuff too, but you know,
4: man, See, here's the thing that never bothered me. And and Daniel, Danny, you did a round table with Sarah and I and Joe one time at uh, G man. And you asked about the, the, the new construction around Wrigley and the new renovations. I think Wrigley looks fantastic. I don't like the one, um, the private club that is used to be underneath the press box. That's the only one that really bothers me, to be honest with you. I think the renovations look great. And they did the right thing. Buying up the rooftops, which is what the Tribune company should have did. Building the area up around there. They They did all the right things. What bothers me is, is about this is that the money is, is if I own the team or if one of you guys own the team and you had to dip into your personal bank account to help out during a rough time, we wouldn't You'd think twice. It. Yeah. Wouldn't think twice, man. that like, wow, this is just a really funky year. Well, and we just sold – what did they, they say? How many billions they sell Ameritrade for recently? Papa Joe.
2: Oh, yeah. Multiple billions of dollars. Right. But 26, 26 billion. But Crawley, those were all stock options. Yeah. So yeah. And as we know – The stock market has tanked since then. Yeah.
3: (laughs) To me. You've got to to put some blame here, too, uh, on Theo and singing with Pearl Jam for two years after winning the World Series. He took his eye off the ball. These deals that, you know, of the thread the needle deals. this started getting screwed up as soon as you didn't get anything for Schwarber or you went after you, you knew there was uh, some smoke around the Addison Russell situation. You did nothing. You, you just, you know, they kept screwing up. Theo screwed up a lot. He signed, uh, you know, dudes like Brandon Morrow, who, you know, gosh, after his only semi healthy season where the Dodgers threw his arm off, that's when you pick him up. That was a dumb move. You know, he traded Talk about trades. You know, you need a, a a Jose Quintana. You got a, a picture of, I mean, this is getting back to prospects for talent. You trade Eloy and cease for Quintana. Like, I mean, Quintana's half the pitcher that Darvish is, and we didn't get anywhere near the caliber of the prospects the White Sox did. So Theo overpaid there. So it's just like, you know, I'm just saying, Theo's not blameless in this situation of no. getting us to this point
0: got where you've yeah. got a
3: bunch of expiring contracts. The guys won't take these stretches. There's a lot of cross currents and I'm not carrying water for anybody, especially the Rickets. Cause fuck them. I've been saying that forever. No, no I like- think,
4: I think there's blame to go from the ownership to Theo all the way down. You can keep going down the list to the players, but there's a lot of players that didn't do what they were supposed to do. And, and I, and I absolutely understand that. And I understand that, you know, hundred percent. But when I, when I look at this situation right now, we are where we are. How do we fix it is my question. And fixing it by acting like a small market team isn't the answer.
3: I don't see any light at the end of this tunnel. The next two years look like absolute dog shit, at least. Unless they decide, unless everybody goes and bowls. In that uh second floor bowling alley that Ricketts has and buys his overpriced studio apartments in the place across from Wrigley Fields. And um those aren't the
2: Ricketts. Well, and unfortunately, Carly, what you're saying is right. Like, what's the answer? The answer is I mean, they're doing a shitty job at it, but this is the answer. This is what you do when you fucked it all up. You trade your top prospects or your top players for garbage. And, or, you know, not garbage, but, uh, you know, maybe not garbage, but you do all this stuff to prepare for the next, like five years, like you're hoping to bring it all back in five years, but this is what you do when you've taken your eye off of baseball for the last four years. And you're just yeah, you know, every you, year you're, every you're year a th- fucking real estate agent at this point. Yeah, that's exactly with-
1: got that SPAC
3: and stuff, and then and Theo singing with Pearl Jam, like it. it the whole thing got m- messed up. Like twenty six, winning the World Series in twenty sixteen was great, but like honestly, that's all they were ever interested in doing. And then it's just been like, you know, like a you know, you got yourself a new car and, you know, after five years, <laughs> things start going wrong. You need new well, brakes. You got to put on, uh, you know, maybe, you know, check engine lights on all the time. You can't figure I, out
4: why I saw this article the other day, Danny, I thought about you. Uh, it's by Matt Spiegel from the score as well. Theo Epstein and the Cubs waited too long, self-scouting their core players poorly and falling in love yeah. with potential. It led to this with a painful price. to pay. Every
3: year. Oh, we're going to change it. The offense broke. Blah, blah, blah. Just lip service. Then you pick up Daniel Descalso at his bum-ass ankle. Yeah. Like, honestly, um,
2: oh, yeah. Bike Spoke says Cubs focused on the look of the ride, not the engine that drives it. Yeah. And we've been saying this for a number of years. We've been talking about these players not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, for con, not ready for games.
3: Remember in 2018, Anderson Russell didn't know the signs you know, Schwarber was fat and thin and fat again, like, you know, well, just, and,
2: and the whole idea, like if you do know the, if you do know about the Cubs history, one of the main reasons the Cubs were so bad for so long is because PK Wrigley literally just worked on the field. He planted the Ivy. He had a uh, special, you know, fan days, you know, Uh, ladies days, kids days, family days. He was all about getting people into the stadium to take money from them, but he was not about the field. And that's why we've been calling them PK Ricketts because that's what the Ricketts are doing right now and have been doing since 2016.
4: I I truly, again, one day someone will write a book. I'm I'm sure many people on this team that were part of the 2016 team will write a book on their but I the one question I always have, and I brought up on the show numerous time, 2017, they lose to the Dodgers after a tough series in the NLDS with the Nationals. I want to know what led to the firing. And and from that point, I never saw progress from the players. When they got rid of John Maley, when they got rid of Chris Bosio, when they got rid of Gary Jones, I want to know what happened. I want to know why that happened. And I want to know what people think the impact was on that. And yeah. I, and, I, and I've heard some... Um,
3: even at the big league level, Almora, you know, you get nothing out of this guy. You, we lost two first round draft picks that were just non tendered contracts. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, th- I mean, it, that was the first depressing thing that happened, pretty much. You know, <laughs> and and then you're like, oh, Kyle Schwarber's is very sad. Al and if Mora's I'm not mistaken, just like this is not good. Like this is your scout. Like Jed Hoyer. Like when I mean, here's the guy in charge. Was the guy responsible. For
2: Albert Almora. Yeah. If, not, and if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that in the book, like the Cubs way, that Almora was going to be like the cornerstone of this organization? Like the person well, who that, was, was the, was the type of person it wasn't Almora. No, the, the
4: four cornerstones were, it was, uh, Russell was one, that's one, that's one that's of them is that's what, that's what I think you're thinking that. about. There was well, but Russell, Russell was a Yeah. Oh, by the no, way, but it was about the character and all that stuff. It's
3: funny Russell comes up because I, I did manage to get this off of his Instagram. Check this out. He looks like he's got balls on his neck. Doesn't he look like he's got neck balls? <laughs> but he's he's out there doing squats, you know, and he didn't really have a very good year in Korea. If you crop that
2: picture, that's a dickhead.
3: Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> But you know, and here's it. The- Addison Russell's so stupid. D- you know, he he could have gotten that Hap Hair Club thing going on. Like Hap is on the billboards, making extra money. You know, that could have been. Russell could have jumped all over that with that receding hairline.
4: And, and, and again, an and, idiot. and again, guys, we talk about the mistakes made by the players. A lot of these guys did not take extensions. Addison Russell being one of them. Imagine if he would have taken 150 million. Think about that. That, <laughs> that was easily offered
2: 150 Imagine, Imagine what the Ricketts would be saying right now if Addison Russell took $150 million from him. So, David Hall wrote So, Theo Epstein
4: again was the smartest person in the room before he left it. Yep. I mean, think honestly, Theo saw this coming and said, You know what? I really don't I need your $10 that. million. Dollars. I'm not fucking. Not bad.
2: Well, that, a- that's the book I want to see. I want to see Theo's last three years in chicago well not to mention the fact that he also
3: screwed up boston you know like he left boston mm. in shambles now, now some
2: of those players came through yeah. in the
3: end and and yeah you know they, they
2: totally popped he back up pretty quickly after he left he only got did. one and then they got three after he left and i think yeah. one of those could be somewhat attributed to him We
3: got ed howard we got strump for coming you know, we'll see what those guys end up being. Like, those are the last first round picks that Theo had. But uh, I, I wanted, before I totally forget, um, KFIDS writes in Phil Rogers would still be defending Addison. <laughs> uh, yeah, Corey Furlong, actually, I'd put a, a if you're not a super ranter, a, i.e., a Patreon subscriber on Facebook, you should be that because we sometimes I put a call out for people to, uh, especially a situation like this where there's a lot of emotions involved in what's happening with our team. That uh, you know, hey, you get something off your chest. Make a little video, send it in. So here's Corey Furlong, uh, just with a quick little video that he put.
7: Hey, Danny, just want to talk about the Darvish and uh, Vic trade. Um, if you read um, Sarah Sanchez's article on Bleed Cubby Blue, it's pretty good. I agree with her. It's a money dump. Um,
2: we we read it, Corey. No
7: doubt about it. Uh, what I find interesting is. For the rickets to get the money that they put into the field and the surrounding area they who's the cubs guy in the background uh people are gonna have to go out and get the vaccine i don't know uh,
3: maybe his dad uh, or something
7: problem is uh, the people that the rickets support uh verbally and financially except for laura uh are the ones that are screwing up the distribution of said vaccine so kind of ironic in a way um but, yeah, I encourage everyone to go out and read that article. It's very good. Spagog.
4: He All said right. – If it is, it is his pops. I think that Michael got that right. There was his pops, so. though. Yeah. Um,
3: no, I think, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, I think I, – I actually had this thought. What if Ricketts is just mad? You know, the whole Ricketts family is mad because they didn't get Trump in there. And they're like, you know what? These freaking cup bands, they boo us all the time. They booed Marquee Network. They don't like us. Well, I'm taking my toys and I'm going home. Question
4: for, real quick though. I do want to, because I, before I forget it, because I know I'm about two more beers away from forgetting most of what happened tonight. <laughs> Our good friend, Bethers Stash had a birthday yeah. yesterday and I, and I almost forgot. And I told her I, we were going to give her a call out on the show. She sent us masks she was going to buy us beers when we were at a playoff game, but there was no bars open. So, Bethers, happy birthday. Thank you for everything. We appreciate it. Uh, you know, it, we appreciate all you guys that are supporting and watching. And, and you know what? This is therapeutic. This is saving me money from going to therapy right now because it's a struggle, man. I, I mean, I, I feel with you guys, you know, it's, it's so damn hard. And, I, and, and I'm frustrated. And I think the thing that frustrated me was watching the press conference today, the Jed. Hoyer press conferences. If anybody saw it, it was just like Jed is absolutely ready to carry this water for the Rickets. Well, it's his job. It's his job, and he's getting paid a very handsome sum to do it. But it was, uh, you know, a lot of blaming of the players. And if if I was a player on that team right now, I'd kind of be like, fuck this guy. What? what? what?"
3: how things turned. It, put, play one of it. Play uh, the first video you got for us, and then we'll
4: talk okay, about the it. Okay, first clip right here.
3: We have a lot of really good players, but
8: you know, do we need to make some moves um, with the future in mind after six years of every single move being directed on the present? Yes, I think that's uh, the prudent thing to do. Uh, it's something we've talked about for uh, for several years. Um,
4: so he's saying there that for six years they've spent the money. They've had the highest payroll, Daniel, the all that stuff. (laughs) And now, and basically he's like, look, we gave you, I don't know if
2: gets credit for the full six years. Right.
4: Right. And so he, he basically is sitting there saying like, it's on the players that we gave you guys everything. You didn't do it. We're about done. So I
3: agree with that in a, in a way, but I mean, it, you know, there's a lot of blame to go around with the, you know, like you said, the firing of the coaches and stuff. But you know, Joe Madden being a lame duck. You know, it, 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 there's a great thread on the Sunranta Ranchers page where John Pincus, our good friend John, lists about 25 different, like basically, first thing that went wrong that set, you know, the Addison Russell. We have talked about a lot of it tonight already. Like all the different kind of things that set the demise of this team in motion. And the the, the fact is. Theo was always too chicken shit to ever trade anybody good and like even like some blockbuster. He couldn't get any blockbuster done. Like, oh, we're going to do like he tried with the, you know, the uh, Chris Bryant and um, Machat. No, uh, uh, the Rockies guy. Why am I blanking? Uh, Arenado. That was going to be a blockbuster deal last spring. That was going to like move some big names around, but he could never get anything like that done. He hasn't done one big trade except for when he gives, he basically rakes our uh, farm system through the coals. And uh, so at least, so he left Jed this situation of an, of a bunch of expiring contracts. Theo's too chicken shit to do it. So Jed's got to
4: come up here and bad cop it. Like
3: I feel bad for the guy.
4: And again, it do is it on the players? Is I Jed know. is Jed somewhat right? Yeah, but your job was to do player development. Your job was to get some of those pitchers so that you didn't have to get rid of Eloy. So you didn't have to get rid of uh, all the pitchers that you got rid. You know, all the uh, Dylan Cease.
2: You didn't have to get rid of those guys. But Their job was to have somebody in the minor leagues that could push those guys so that they could they could dump a Chris Bryant, an Addison Russell, uh, an Almora, a Schwarber at some point, because there was clearly an heir apparent to come up for them. They got, but they got, never, that's
3: all they got. They,
4: if, if you developed pitching, you might've still had Glabar Torres. If you developed pitching, you would've still had Eloy. If you developed anything. So yeah, it is right. And you do have to blame the players, but why was the player's development stunted is what I want to know. And that's where I go back to the firing of the coaches after 2017. Jed was there, too. Jed was in on that decision. That's
3: what's well, frustrating. Well,
2: I mean, Jed's got it under control. As we know, Jed is so under control, he won't hire a GM for another couple of years until he can meet with them face-to-face and not wear a mask.
4: It kind of sounded like sensual baseball. <laughs> he wanted. He, it was very sensual baseball. He wanted to go to a few dinners and, and
2: he build really a did. He, he wanted to get
3: lovey with but-
4: that was the
3: most bullshit answer. The whole world is freaking doing business on Zoom. And Jed's like, I, I need to know a man's soul. What's it? Dude, I shook hands with my new neighbor today because I knew I could just wash my hands. You know what I mean? Like, it's fine, Jed. Like, you know, you can hire somebody. That's if Jed a bull-
2: really wants to know, just get them all in the same room and they can quarantine together for 14 days. Put that shit on our key. <laughs> 14 straight days of just walk, watching these guys, and then at the end, one of them gets named GM.
4: Either that or you could it could be like The Bachelor. They could have roses.
2: Oh. So, so, so Jed could give you a rose and you all You get a rose stuff. and you have to go quarantine by yourself for the <laughs> remainder of 14 days. Winner gets to jump the vaccine line.
4: <laughs> well, just to let you know, though, that this trade of Darvish was not... Have anything to do with financials?
8: So you know, as far as financially motivated, um, you know, that, that was, wasn't the focus. I, I do feel like, you know, in this, uh, environment, um, and really in every transaction you ever make, I mean, this is a, a business and and we always have an eye on the finances of every deal. Um, but, um, I, and I feel like, you know, in 2020, obviously, uh, some of those things are, are magnified, but, um, you know, that, that was not the focus. The focus on, of this deal was to, to try to, to try to, uh, you know, move a player in the second half of his contract and, and try to uh, acquire a lot of young talent. Like I said,
4: you're going to move a player in the second half of his contract right after he finishes second in Cy Young,
3: which again, I'm not opposed to. He's old. He's injury prone. Like, we were calling him flu garbage like five minutes ago. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to hear it. Everybody has real bro. short memories about how they felt about him. How, I'm just saying they do. How,
2: how, because, he, because he's actually gotten better since then, and we haven't had that for hardly any of the guys on this team. So when there's one guy getting better, people get excited.
4: My question here, though, is, is this. <coughs> how different, when you watch a press conference with Theo and versus Jed, and, and it, it's not fair to Jed because he's a different human being, but Theo just all of a sudden, like, I could Ricky be a name. I could be as angry as I am right now, and Theo would make it all better, Crawley. Just listen to Theo. I got this, baby. It's all good. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's all good. But Jed is just kind of like stuttering. What is he? He like says, like, um, a whole bunch. Like, you know, he seems like a, a high school kid who didn't prepare for a speech. He's sharp.
3: That. He's very terse. He's very sharp and, you know, feels like he's trying not to say the wrong thing. So he doesn't say much. And where Theo would g- talk around any issue. And, you know, I just got done saying, like, Theo doesn't – that's all he does is talk. He doesn't do shit. He can't make a trade. He's too chicken shit to make a trade. Jed Hoyer goes in there. He's like, nope, we're going to go here. I'm going to make a trade. I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to get this guy. and It's going to be a salary dump. And then it's, uh, Rickett's going to give me $20 million. I can spend it on, uh, you know, five guys that all throw 83. You know, I don't know, like, what he's going to do. But what I'm saying is, like, he has a way about him that I think is no nonsense and a very like where Theo – is till he's, uh,
2: he's, they bullshit in two different ways. Yeah. Theo would get the script from the Ricketts and then he would go and he would read it a few times and then he would, and then he would say that script in his own words. Right. And it would sound good or whatever. Jed gets the script from the Ricketts and he's trying to fucking remember that shit word for word. He's trying and he's struggling with it. So he's, um, uh, uh, this is how I have to say it. And then, you know, and and it's a player, and they're in the last half, and blah 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 blah. blah. But you, know. you you could throw not his words. You
4: could throw Theo anything, and Theo was a master of improv. And 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 I, you're gonna laugh, I know. But at one time, I was a door to door salesman because I like talking.
2: So. You. Oh, <laughs> 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 You're the reason I hate door-to-door salesmen. Holy shit. So
4: I was a door-to-door salesman, and they would teach us all the time. They would drill into us how to kind of take what somebody says, turn it around, and get it right back. And Theo was really good at doing that. You don't want to just sit there and argue with people or stutter. You just gotta you gotta make the person A B C always be closing. For those of you Glenn Gary Glenn Ross fans out there, and so that was the trick of sales, man, and, and being able to sell somebody not just on yourself, but when, uh, it's not even your product, it's selling yourself. And that's the thing that Theo could do better than anything. And so this is what made me laugh the most the entire time, is that they do this press conference and Jed gets through it okay, not not bad, not not Theo like, but Theo again is like an all star where. Jed's like a, a, a utility player. How long right?
3: how long was the, this press conference? It's
4: about forty-five minutes.
3: Okay, so, so it's, they has got some length.
4: It's going good, you know. Jed's not fucking up big time. You know, he's kind of coming off hard ass, you know, a little bit. And the players didn't take the good contracts. We gave him good contracts. The players we gave him, you know, being hard ass, doing what the boss wants, right? And so they're finishing the, this presser up. And all of a sudden the media guy comes in, it's like, well, you know what? We're done. And then also he goes, Well, we'll give one more question. To Paul Sullivan. Who the fuck thought that was a good idea? I don't know. Because Sully is a guy that right now is just like ready. He he he's so mad at so much about the Rickets and the Cubs. He's the anytime you give him a chance, he'll take a blowtorch to the whole thing.
2: Paul Sullivan is just mad at the world.
4: So this is great. <laughs> this is this is great because Paul Sullivan gets one last question, completely pants Jed, and Jed is left kind of fumbling and bumbling. It's really
3: <laughs> <I> think- <laughs> and then crawley died no i think i think he's trying to play this one yeah, for one more paul if you want to go
4: yeah jed uh i, I understand you're not going to spend a whole lot but uh i mean you do have the highest priced tickets in baseball i believe uh shouldn't fans expect you to at least do something to compete for a pennant instead of just a like you said compete for a division um yeah I mean I, listen
8: i I think that um i lo- I love the fact that we've you know raised that, that standard you here that um you know I'm old enough to remember when you know when he a division he loves was, the uh, fact was that was he raised the standard on and, the ticket prices and, uh, talked about like i like it was like one of our kids' birthdays or something like that and now I think we've gotten to a place where you know simply winning a division was uh we just won a division and um and you know, I must, I must've forgotten how excited everyone was about that. You know, I feel like, um, Oh that was my pretty God, quickly, that, this is uh, erased from from, um, Tom from Tom Rickett's the, hand the is up his you know, I'm, ass I'm working still his I'm really proud of the fact that we were able to win the division. We, we were able to, you know, we were able to sort of, you know, go through um, a really difficult 2020 and, and have no positive tests. And, and, um, and also I want to say you won't be booing Marquee in a year. And, you know, I do feel like you know, that, you know, that's a nice secondary goal. I do, I do feel like, you know, to your question, I do want to get back to a place where we can enter the playoffs and know that either we're the favorite or, or a team that we can, that can absolutely win. The question was about ticket prices. The World there, Series. If the Chad. right thing, if, if things go right. Um,
2: I'm not sure. I, what question I, I do you're also concerned.
8: think every season sacred, and I think we're gonna we're gonna compete this year. But I also uh, will there say, is, there it is. You know, there it is. everybody drink to, <laughs> Evaluate your personnel appropriately and realize that every you know, season sacred. I do think that um,
4: endlessly trying
8: to I was them, just every single year. Every single year comes with tremendous risk, right. and I think that um, anyone that watched a, a lot of the moves that Cubs made for years before we got here would would. Would that irate. continue to push and push and, and <laughs> at some point do you uh, see him sweating do you hear his tongue getting to bigger and swallowing
3: the future a yeah. little bit so <laughs>
8: well, he should have just shut up hours I ago and i don't even
2: know why can we keep year? him going I don't know either. No, <laughs> that wasn't his tongue his tongue getting thick. That was like a couple extra fingers from uh yeah, Tom from old Tom
3: Ricketts Rick- up his ass like moving his <laughs> mouth. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like Kermit the Frog up there. Uh, so um yeah, man, it was yeah, Bike's book writes in he, there must have been a delay typing answers <laughs> to He does up there riffing. He said like, Come on, and
2: my earpiece isn't working. <laughs> right after that question. Just fucking silence. Silence? Uh, um, yeah. um, yep. Um.
3: Well, and it's it's true. And I, who I really do feel bad for is the season ticket holders. I turned down season tickets at the beginning of last year, like around January or December. I, my number came up. We all know the list that we're all on. I'm not even on it anymore because it's such bullshit. I'm not even participating. Um, but my number came up, and I was able to – get tickets, and I decided, ah, that's too expensive. I Nah, I'm not going to do it. So the Cubs, they promised everybody after the pandemic hit that was a season ticket holder that they would give you 5%. And, hey, that's a good deal. The Cubs seem like they're going to be fielding a decent team for the next few years. So, yeah, I'll take my 5%, even though it's quite expensive. I mean, I don't know what you pay for your tickets, probably six grand or something per ticket or something like
4: that. No, I pay. Uh, OK, I pay about seven grand total for about 61 games,
3: 61. And then you you know sell a bunch at face and whatnot to, you know, to, you know, really spend that. You get some of that back. But, um, you know, I guess what, what I'm trying to say is they promised you the five percent extra based upon, you know, we'll keep your money because they needed it we're not going to refund the money. We'll give you 5%. So now you got 5% in your kitty. So let's say you, you had 5,000 bucks, then you, but now you have an extra 500 bucks in there you know, on top of it. And then they said, Hey, our ticket prices aren't going to go up. So then you just are going to put that money back in. You'll have a little bit of money in the bank you know, afterwards. But now those tickets with a much worse team, are significantly worth less. So like, you're not going to be able to go on stub and there's a pandemic. So you're not going to be able to go on stub hub to sell them for anything. uh, Once the, the games do start. And if you're looking at another, a a strike year, like they could have your money, you know, in their Cubs bank for upwards of the next two years, (laughs) You know, I, honestly, they could, and it's so like they're turning you know, themselves thought, into a little bank. Like this. you should get at least spec shares for you know. That's I, what
4: I demand. Again, I I told you guys it's all my fault, and I'm the mark, and I'll still keep going to the games, and, and and they got my money, and it's sitting in there, and, you know what? It's nice that I don't have to drop the seven grand right now because this is normally the yeah. time when payments are due, and and I'll just like I said, I I I love the Cubs and I love Wrigley Field, and there's no more joy I get than going to Wrigley Field. My buddy Jeff Pawalski's on here. We've gone to so many games together, just drinking a beer, talking the shit. I've been there through some of the greatest Cub moments, and I've been there on some of the most garbage bullshit teams you've ever seen, and I'll still keep going till the day I die. There's a picture of me, eight years old, what, no, five, six years old in the bleachers, I'll be there till I'm ninety something if I live
3: that long. I'm I'm with you on that, Crawley, because you know, as frustrating as it is with the Ricketts and their politics, you know, I was around before Tom Ricketts, and I'm going to be around after Tom Ricketts. Well, maybe I I am getting old, (laughs) but I'm not a healthy man. But uh, the uh, but you know, the the my point is is that this team is more than Tom Ricketts is to me. Now, what can I do it? can I kind of thread my own needle and justify certain things and like not spend money that ends up in Rickett's pocket. I definitely have been trying to do that over the course of the last few years, but you know, buying tickets on the secondary market, getting drunk before the game, not buying drinks when I'm in there, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but no, I I don't buy merch anymore. I just buy it from like my friends and stuff like Crawley, you got t-shirts and, and everything. But, uh, you know, to me, it's like, I don't want to give them money. And, you know, I, I think that they're taking what was once special about being a season ticket holder and wrecking it Um, because not only do they gouge you, you know, and bait and switch you with, you know, your, their 5%. They knew they were doing this. They knew they were going to do this already. And they did it to you anyway. So it's like they are, just end up being liars. So, but so they're they're losing a lot of people. I saw Evan Altman quit. They quit their tickets because they know they can get them cheaper elsewhere.
2: We had uh, Brad um, the March.
4: other day. We had Brad uh, from the Heckler. He,
2: he gave up his tickets. He
4: gave up his tickets.
2: Like The I only said- thing you get really from your season tickets is to know where you're going to sit. Which, Crawley, you've talked earlier about how you kind of have friends in those seats, people you see all the time. You're not even going to get that anymore, though, right?
4: Um, you know, I, I don't know what this year's going to hold um, as far as vaccines and letting people in. And, and like I said, if they let us in, then I'll be there and, and my buddies will be there and, and I'll be at the same places, the same haunts, Lucky Doors, Nisei, uh, G-Man, you know, just living it up. I, but I don't I, like I said, I I can't I can't imagine that going. I can't give no, it
3: up. I'm going to still go. That's, uh, you know, uh, there's no right, way I'm, but I'm but going I've, my- I've, I've,
4: I've been to your place and you live about me and you, we, we get drinks. We make drinks at your place and then walk over to Wrigley. It's that easy.
3: Yeah. We've got a little red solo it down there.
4: <laughs> I have to drive 45 to an hour yeah. to get down there. It's just, I can't just go off my couch and walk down to Wrigley. Just and
3: just see like what's me. going on. And yeah, there's uh, a ticket or not. Yeah, There's a
4: ticket or not. It doesn't work that way for me, man. And so it, it's like, I have and there's other things that I like. I'm probably one of those, like I said, a nut job that loves CubsCon. Con. I love waiting in line. I love the crowds. Um, you and know, let's they,
3: not they, underestimate how, you know, Chicagoans people have money that they are willing to spend on something like Cubs tickets and being a season ticket holder that they are not hurting for that, you know, seven grand, eight grand, wherever they're spending even 20 grand sometimes on some of these new box seats that you can get with the, you know, the clubs or whatnot, you know, to, to spend that kind of money is to some people doesn't matter. Um, so the Cubs are counting on that too of the people just aren't going to care, you know, that there's enough people out there that it's, you know, it's, it's a shame that, they took the thing that they bragged to their father about and said, Hey, these guys are the most loyal fans. And instead of embracing that and doing even more for the loyal Cub fans, instead, they gouge you. Uh, they treat you like garbage and treat you like basically little piggy banks. So
2: like, well, they were, they were, were smart about me. it. They were smart about it by, you know, cutting off as many revenue streams as they could from the season ticket holders. Right. They yeah. make it harder to sell on that secondary you know, market. They,
1: they
3: priced every game like it was uh, 75 degrees and sunny. You know, Every yeah. single, all 81 games, April through uh, September, uh, October. And we know that not to be the case in Chicago. I mean, yeah, I've, I've worn gloves in that well, stadium again, in July.
4: Again, <laughs> again, um, you know, they did come into, a, MLB came into a partnership with StubHub. So that kind of, the secondary market now works with, MLB um, all the ticket prices again they don't price them the same is that but but the thing is is that like the games that you want to go to they know that and those are jacked up yeah. and the games you don't want to go to those are like 10 20 you know 15 20 bucks if you go to an April on a Wednesday at 120 but again I work <laughs> I'm not going to a Cubs game on a Wednesday at 120 I'm going and, and again why not if I got if I got my kids with me they're not gonna to want to sit through an April game even on a Saturday. You know what I mean? They want to go on a nice sunny day when everything's beautiful and they can run around outside Gallagher Way. No one wants to sit through nine innings anymore in cold weather. Not not for a 80, 70, 80 dollars a ticket. Not going to happen.
3: Yeah, so, but that's what they're charging. They're they're charging like it is that sometimes. I mean, don't tell
2: that to MLB because I mean, by twenty twenty five, we're going to start games on the Ides of March. <laughs> like they <laughs> yeah, just, keep, exactly. you know, they just keep bringing that shit earlier and earlier. So and then uh, they're going to add 12 teams to the playoffs. So then we're going to be playing November 15th. Well, that's
3: the other thing they're going to do. Oh, we made it. You know, they're talking about, we won the division last year. It's like, oh, did you? That's really fun. <laughs> you you like, you, you wrote a, like a, uh a 12 and 3 start to, to basically, and then you played 500 ball, and that was enough in a 60 game season. Like, oh, you know, and think I, about I'm it very happy and, for yeah, you.
2: you won a division without playing any of the good teams in the league.
4: And, th- <laughs> and think about it to be honest all this, bitching, they could still win the division again. Yeah,
2: they're probably, yeah,
4: they're probably favored, aren't they? The NL Central has parted with you, Darvish, Racil Iglesias, Josh Bell, gone from the Pirates. Colton Wong gone from the Cardinals again, all over the place. There's a lot of people that the NL central is going to be trashed. You remember, like I said, 2015, three teams in the playoff, all with 98, 97 wins with 97, 98 wins and above. Yeah.
3: Yeah. There's going to be an 81, uh, uh, game winner as the possibly the division champ.
4: And imagine if they end up expanding the playoffs like the owners want. You could have another team in there that has 77 wins. Did
2: oh my my God. Even regular, mention- regular season is going to be so fucking boring. Like This is the thing that drives me insane about some of the changes that they want to do. They don't understand what it is that is great about baseball. And they think, okay, well, if we get more money, if more people are in the playoffs. But... That's going to take away from the money that you get in the regular season because why the fuck would you go to the regular season when you've got three months worth of baseball because it's about just good.
3: going to the game and sitting there and eating a hot dog you know okay, what I mean
2: but but, the yeah, end but of- you're gonna do do like one game instead of like four because you can wait because know, you'll be able to it. get that <laughs> you'll be able to get that quote unquote playoff ticket in September because, you're actually the number 12 team <laughs> and you're playing the number, you know, the number four team or whatever. And there's still two months of baseball to play. Yeah, we it's- never mentioned Jonathan Holder.
3: I saw that he was mentioned in that tweet as somebody that the, did, did we even talk about the Cubs getting him?
4: No, I, I wasn't on the last show. And I think it not, I I don't his name is
3: Holder. No, his name is Holder and he's a relief pitcher. He was, was with the Yankees. He's. Yeah you know, maybe not that good, but he's, he's on the Cubs now. <laughs> like,
4: and, and again, I know, like, Here's the thing I, I've been through. I've been through this before. And, and this is the thing, what you want to do is you hope that some of these guys have good years. Teams get desperate at the end and you can flip them. Whether, whether it's uh what's his name? The, what the guy, they just got Davies, the guy yeah. they just got, or whether it's Holder or whether it's Weber, hope but, they get hot, flip them. By the
3: way, if we had just gotten Zach, uh, who we've called many times on this show, Zach. Yeah. Zach Davies, because he's got, he's a, not a ZK, uh, a CK. He's a CH. So, um, which I, I believe makes the aw sound Zock, but it, I'll say this about Zock. Um, oh, oh no. John Pickett writes in my Yankees. Uncle uh, says that holder sucks. Great. <laughs> <laughs> holder doesn't hold shit. So, uh, but look at, look at Zach Davies. Like he, if we had just gotten him out of the blue, you know, and didn't have to give up Yu Darvish for him. It wouldn't been have been bad. Look, his ERA plus last year, uh, one fifty seven, one twenty five. He only had one off year. That was twenty eighteen. We had an eighty six OPS uh, ERA plus. But all the other times, he was above an above average pitcher. He had an ERA below three last
2: year. Well, Um, 2018, he got injured, it looks like, too, because he only had 66 innings pitched. I remember him. Yeah, Yeah. that looked looked like an injury.
3: But, you know, yeah, and that was a year after he almost pitched 200 innings. from. And we saw a lot of him with Milwaukee, but he's not a bad pitcher. Here's his game logs from last year. You know, he'll give you six, seven innings. Even went into the eighth against Houston, which is not a bad team, obviously. Uh, You know, Zach Davies is a, is a decent pitcher. I mean, he might be a kind of guy that you, it's that one year, you only got him for the year. So halfway through the year, like what, well, like was going to be with Quintana last year, you're going to, you know, get him and then trade him for something.
2: Zach is the kind of guy that you get for the four prospects that we got for <laughs> you, Darvish. It's true. It is. I so, mean, that it, if, if we were trading Zach Davies and those are the four prospects that we got, everybody'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, Davies is not going to be challenging for a, uh, you know, a Cy Young anytime soon.
3: No, no, but it, I do find it fascinating that the top three starters for the Cubs all throw like 89, 88, you know, all three, of Mills and Hendricks and now Davies. I mean, it's the slow is the new fast, baby.
2: And then <laughs> it is. And then, and then you got that's the market inefficiency is 88 miles per yeah,
3: hour. Yeah, but you pretty sure they're going to throw me out there. I'm going to top out at 38. I just go out there with my rotator cuff tear and just like confuse the hell out. They'll, they'll strike out on one pitch. Oh, at, I'll toss actually, it there, they probably, probably they start, would. Yeah. Exactly, It's been three
2: times before it made it that far. <laughs> exactly,
3: that's what I'm saying. So, um, no, it's interesting because on the in the reliever side of things, it's the opposite. They're going for the 97 mile, 98, dialing up to 100 guys, even over 100. You know, that's who they're drafting with Burl Caraway. You know, maybe we see a little bit of him next year. I don't know. Um, big college arms, uh, these tall guys, these the Wick brothers. We'll see. They throw hard. So you got your starters throwing 88. You lull them into a sense of, oh, here's just this, uh, you know, here's a bunch of curveballs. Here's a bunch of off speed playing around the plate. And then just high fastballs, high fastballs, just like 95. And how fast does it look? It's like, uh, you know, swimming with weights on. Uh,
2: you know so, i honestly so Danny thinks that they're they're creating a good bullpen by slowing down all the starters <laughs> exactly make them look like freaking <laughs> we, that is how they figured out like we saw in the playoffs everybody threw over 100 miles per hour right like well we can't do that but what we can do is just slow down all the starters so that everybody looks well, the like Lavers they're throwing.
4: so i got a tfc that has to go with this right here so i hate to burn it but uh <laughs>
3: We're there anyway. We're in TFC land anyway.
4: Yeah, we are. The Cubs, this is from EVR551, Jeff Everson. The Cubs watched mediocre pitchers with no velo dominate their hitters for three seasons and took the wrong lesson away from it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they
2: totally did. They didn't, they didn't get the idea like, hmm, maybe our our hitters need to be a little more diverse. They said, oh, those pitchers are fucking good. <laughs>
4: Why don't we have more eighty mile per hour fastballs?
3: <laughs> so, all right, so le- le- we're in TFCs. So let me yeah, find le- let me find one of mine. Hey, let's, um, yeah, let's pinch this off, Danny. Let's pinch it. Um, I like oh, this. You've been one. talking shit
2: all night. So let's this, th- pinch it off.
3: This 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 one cracked me up. It's just David L Berg. This is on <laughs> Facebook, the Chicago Cubs Club, and he just found some picture of Ian Happ In Nice, France, which I guess is Ian Happ in France right now?
4: No, he's in Chicago.
3: Yeah, that's what I thought. So, anyway, Dave, that's—I thought he was in Chicago,
2: but you know, this got sixty-six likes. (laughs) I don't even know where I am. That picture is Ian Happ in France writing poetry. Yeah, he's He's like like an expat, fucking author. Yeah, he's like wearing a members-only
3: jacket. You know, like (laughs) spending his gap year. Like honestly, like he's like got his gap year. I'm like. Like he's on Cub sabbatical, like he's writing freaking poetry, and then he's got to go over to the Van Gogh Museum and uh, think he's an artist. I I don't know. I just that cracked me up. So that that's a visual one
2: for the podcast. People, I'm very sorry, yeah. but I, I I'll include this. I'll, I'll just, this just so anybody theory. knows, it's Ian Hap wearing his members only jacket, and he's got a notebook open and he's writing the world's greatest poem. Yeah, that's what Americans do in France. He's
4: He was in France, November 17th, 2019.
3: All right. Well, David Uh, Berg felt the need to put him back in France.
2: He was looking forward to the London series.
3: Robert Sanchez (laughs) writes in after a long week of COVID shit. This show is exactly what I needed. Guys bitching about something else and having a good time doing it. Hell yeah. That's that that's basically the tagline of the Sun Ranto
2: show. Yeah. I mean,
3: bitching about something and having a good time doing it.
2: <laughs> right. We we tried the COVID ranto show. It didn't go over well. Yeah. That was that had a, a people lifespan. paid us to stop. Michael, you got a TFC? Yeah, I got one here. Uh this is in response. We were talking earlier. Uh, you know, with Jed's Jed going on, uh Marquis trying to you know, tell us what never. they were yeah, tell us what they were doing some people were having problems with their marquee they were flipping it on but they were finding that it wasn't a part of their cable package anymore because nobody's watched it for three months <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Chuck at Ivy Chat uh, marquee was traded to San Diego for four public access channels seriously I had this thought the other night
3: What if we, what if like, so Marquis in real trouble, right? They need viewers. They need, you know, to get more money for the infomercials they're showing. They need, they need eyeballs on their channel. What if we proposed to them like a UHF weird Al Yankovic style, like, you know, plan? They're like, here's our plan for your Cubs network. We can make the best like public access, low budge stuff for the Rickets. We don't, we don't need fancy suits and ties like lead. Oh, I was going to
2: say, as long as we promised to wear a suit and tie, they'd probably go for it.
3: Yeah. Well, <laughs> they didn't say what kind of tie it could be a big red tie. Bow tie, like you know, Paul Simon wore. The, the, are are the you editor.
2: pitching the Bozo show to <laughs> marky Yeah, you will have a kids show, a <laughs> Cubs kids show in
3: the morning. We'll have players on, like Javio will come teach the kids how to do stuff like baseball, bunch. We'd
2: have why don't they have that show? That like, would actually be great. Yeah, it'd be the great Bozo show, show but Cubs theme, and <laughs> then every so often you have somebody chase Clark across the stage trying to put pants on him.
4: That's my job, my job, my call. <laughs>
3: exactly. That's my Dibs. cameo.
4: Dibs.
2: No, everybody would be doing everything.
4: And that's
3: – I'm just saying, there's so many great Cubs shows. We should UHF, the Marquee Network. We kind of are doing that.
4: Brad Robinson always likes to put this up, and it makes me laugh every time. Cub fans, wholesale changes, trades, rebuild, huge free agents. Also Cubs fans. You can't trade that guy and that guy and that guy and bring all those guys back, please.
3: <laughs> um. I trolled a former cub. You guys remember Brent Lillibridge? Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, me and Lyle used to have a heyday. We Lyle would sometimes do uh, longtime listeners of the Sun Ranto show know that Lyle used to speak in a fake Irish accent and pretend he was Brent Lillibridge, the leprechaun, because he's got a leprechaun <laughs> freaking name, right? And so, you know, I don't know where this came from, but all of a sudden, Brent Lillibridge, who I didn't, I don't even think I follow him. But I, I just happen to see this tweet. He's dressed <laughs> he, he as Santa you. Claus. Uh, it, it, he's dressed as Santa Claus. And he says Santa needs a swing breakdown. And then he posts some uh, Instagram of him swinging 16 seconds. And he's like something about T work. And he hates doing T work. And then so I tweeted at him because he's dressed as Santa Claus. I said, how could you be Santa when you have an elves last name? Oh, no. yeah. there does. you go.
2: He's still crying. I He's- saw him. He, he had a cup of hot, hot cocoa, a little bit of uh, uh, whipped cream on it, but his tears were just drilling holes through that whipped cream as he cried. By the way,
3: elf tears, they cure COVID. It's true. (laughs) It's it's one of the things they're looking into in the injections of elf tears into your veins.
2: Well, of course, that's the only way that Santa was able to come to everybody's house this year. Yeah. Elf tears. He (laughs) was just licking the elf tears right off of their faces.
3: Uh, You get, I got a couple more. I got two more. Who else has one?
2: What
4: do you got? All
3: right. Well, I enjoyed this. Uh, I saw people were posting their Christmas presents online and uh, a Sox fan got this. It's a, my dad actually got this for me. It is a White Sox striped Tony Larusa jersey with the number .08 on it. So good to see White Sox fans with the sense of humor about their, their drunk manager. Um, and uh, I, Michael, you got another one? Or am no, I, I don't. Good? I, right.
2: I blew right. my wad all at once and very quickly. <laughs> it happens
3: so uh this uh, friend of the show cardinals fan dennis um he we are texting back and forth uh, uh you know about he, we were talking a, well i'll just put up his tweet <laughs> or his text to me um so uh dennis says uh we traded darvish I, well i i said to dennis we traded darvish just giving up and dennis says i think we're losing yachty and not even getting trout <laughs> doomsday. <laughs> so I, yeah, Cardinal fans, very upset that that they wouldn't have done the trade anyway. They would. Yachty is way better than Mike Trout ever would have been. And so
4: I have one more, one more. And I, I really wanted to kind of end on this one right here is that stoked about the, this is cesspit BBQ stroke, uh, stoked about the Cubs Jersey. I got for Xmas debt transfer 20 nice yeah guys i know that there's a lot of argument with some people in the in the in the comments and i've been dealing with it all fucking week but here's what i'm telling you man is that baseball's broken and i hate it because i love this goddamn game i don't give a shit about other sports it's bears packers week i don't care All I do is I sit there and look out my window and wait for baseball to start again. And I see the sport. I love being destroyed. Nobody, everyone wants a U Darvish Jersey. Nobody wants debt transfer. And until we start incentivizing teams to make sure that there's at least a minimum payroll, that we start playing younger, better players earlier. So you're not holding them down. So the best players are on the team every year, that there's some incentive to keep your better players this game is dying, guys, and we've been seeing it. And, Danny, you've sung about Rob Manford, and we've talked about it on this show numerous times. Nobody wants a debt transfer shirt. No, guys, this is not getting me excited that we got four teenagers, most of them that can't buy a lotto ticket. Okay, that doesn't. That doesn't. They can't, do.
3: They certainly can't buy a beer. Some of them could buy a lotto ticket. Yeah, I wish so someone. Be fair. <laughs> the
2: the rickets are actually very frustrated that they can't buy an eleven dollars beer. Only what? one of them can't die in a war, I believe.
4: But when when you <laughs> when you have when you have a player that you love, when you have a player that you love like you, Darvish, and you trade him away for the magic beans that we talked about, that's not fun, man. It's not. Gonna, it's not going to be. I, I, I like I said. I've sat through this, and and, and, and again a lot of people probably don't sit through. They say, "Oh, I'm not going to go or I'm not going to watch." Great. I do. And it sucks for me.
3: Yeah, it does. No, it they they lied to us. They lied. They uh they baited and switched all the season ticket holders, actually all the fans in general. Um, you know, it it's it's a disheartening fucking situation.
0: It is a disheartening fucking situation that we're in right now.
3: So I mean, and I I don't I don't know what to do at this point because they're going to try to field some team out there that could still presumably win the division because God the Pirates they just lost their only player that they really even had
4: they got Key Brian Hayes
3: they got Key Brian Hayes and then that's it that's it you know so um you know I, I don't I don't know what to say at this point you know the t- the team still has talent on it. You got that, you know, that infield still. You got Javi, you still got uh Rizzo and Brian on this team. You got Jason Hayward.
4: Fun to watch you, Hendricks pitch.
3: You got really? Hendricks. You got three slow ballers. You got a guy who pitched a no-hitter last year. I mean, you got a, some promising arms out of the bullpen and like, you know, the fact is, I, I don't think they're going to go any unless there's some, you know, magic beans in their in their salad at the playoffs like they're not gonna go and too much past any like first round because they're not built like the Padres are right now can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta face you Darvish and hey maybe if the Cubs are in first place by the trade deadline, don't make a deal for a guy like you, Darvish. Oh, my God.
4: <laughs> but more than anything, you know, is that I just – I love Cubs baseball and I love hanging out with people at the park. I've had people, ranters, other people come up and have drinks with me wherever. And, and and, and you know, all the fun times, Danny, that we've had there. And, Michael, you know, I bumped into you in Colorado watching a Cubs game. It's, I mean, that's what it's really about is the friends and the memories and all that shit. But it was nice for a, for a small window for five years where we were just like it seemed like the most well-run organization in all of baseball. Yeah. There was a sense of pride in that. And I always dreamed that one day I'd have a, a Cubs Jersey with a world series patch and I got it and I love it. And I, I wouldn't trade it in for the world, but at the same time, I feel like we still deserve more. One in a hundred and eight is not good enough. I, I want to I, see them trying more.
2: I think you can enjoy the world series and still be pissed off about what they're doing right now, you know, and getting to what Danny was saying, uh, You know, they won the division this year. Granted, this year was weird, but they did win the division. If this were like the George Steinbrenner Yankees, he wouldn't think, let's tear this fucking team down and see what we can do in five years. He would have been looking at it going, well, fuck, we made it this far. Why would we only score one run? Let's throw a bunch of money at this problem and, and see if we can get there next year because he knows that that division championship is worth a certain amount of money and then the World Series championship is exponentially worth more you know and if you put a winning team on the field every year you do make money don't listen to these fucking assholes who tell us that they don't make money they make money when they win shit they make money when they don't fucking win so imagine what they're doing when they are winning
3: well, we're not going to do a lot of winning next year unless we're playing the shitty NL Central. Uh, you know, it's going to be one of those situations where we'll go out, it, you know, play the Padres yeah. next year and be like, oh, that right. That's what a good team looks like. I forgot.
2: Um, but, you know, hopefully. Well, we'll make the playoffs because you only need 73 wins to get in the playoffs. Yeah, next yeah, year.
3: exactly. Exactly. have top two teams. <laughs> I, you know, they're, they're going to fuck with the game. And I agree. The game's broken. But, hey, uh, we're still here. And we made it through, uh, you know, this calendar year. So happy new year, everybody. Oh, yeah. This is, this is the last show. The yeah, last, the show, last of show of 2020. 2020. Fuck 2020. Oh, my God. Yeah, fuck 2020. Uh, but thank you to all our fans that stuck with us. Even th- those of you that uh, didn't stick with us. You know, thanks <laughs> for all the years that you were <laughs> You know, I, I, you right. know I'm, I'm fine with it. Whatever anybody's got to do any, 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 any kind of reckoning that needs to happen in your life, you know, this seemed to be the year to do it. Uh, you know, uh, everybody's doing the same thing. If you want to join on, be with us next year, patreon.com slash sunranto, become a patron. It's only a dollar a month. Uh, and, uh, you know, also you could just give all at once and be covered for the whole year for you get 10 bucks
2: and boom. I just want to say, you know, happy new year to all the ranchers. I hope next year is in some way, anyway, fucking anyway better. I just hope it's better. I hope that at some point uh, we're not just faces on a screen. We're faces in a bar hanging out with you guys, having a beer. Doing, you know, uh, rocking out with the bleacher bums. Yeah,
3: I, I missed all that stuff and yeah. fucking Big parties, raising money for charities, all the things we've been doing together for years and years and years together.
4: John Baker slash O'Neil yeah. yeah.
3: Buck O'Neill Day,
2: Day May, May
3: third would
4: be wonderful. Yeah, so we
3: we got a lot to look forward to. Unfortunately, baseball isn't one of us. <laughs> win, winning baseball. Win, yeah, winning baseball, we're still gonna. But hey, you know, win or lose, we booze and uh, we're gonna have a good time. And we'll get back to. it. We'll be here long past the rickets. They'll have to. This the, exactly the return of the. This team makes me drink shirt. Oh no, I I haven't seen those since 2013. I think you know. I am. Um, uh, I kept them. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. keep everything, Crawley, but uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to give you some stuff to keep too. So, merry, merry New Year, as the as they say, and uh, let's go out with little Rob Manfred hates baseball because Lord knows he, he fucking does. Thanks for tuning in tonight, and we'll see you in 2021. spagook Spookog, Spookog.
1: Rob Manfred likes opening days in winter likes baseball games that don't go on too long Rob Manfred likes more offense from the Sending the ball, drag the floor. stitching. Astro's cheap he likes how to get prices, keep the fans out.